0: Have y'all ever watched one of those movies where the first, like, 15, 20 minutes is just new girl, new town, new people, new life, very coming-of-age kind of movie? They heavily emphasize the whole starting completely over thing, a new chapter, if you will. Watching those movies as a kid, you think, wow, I wonder what it would be like to just up and leave everything like that. And then you become an adult, and you're like, wow, this is not what that low-budget Hallmark movie was talking about at all. Well, today the three of us will be sharing our own personal experiences of moving to a new place for a period of time, by ourselves, away from everything we knew growing up, to start a new chapter of life.
1: I'm Sarah Bakeman, and I like playing fingerstyle folk music, reading anything my friends recommend, and walking in buildings with creaky floorboards.
2: I'm Aiden Mullen, and I like playing baseball, hanging out with my friends, and doing Rubik's Cubes.
0: And I'm Katie Logston, and I like singing, wearing hats, and eating french fries with my ice cream. Welcome to Modern Story Podcast number, episode number eight. Today, we will be telling stories about traveling far from home.
1: I have seen so many Hallmark movies about moving to the big city or to a small town or whatever, and it's one of my favorite Christmas traditions, but it's definitely not reality.
2: Yeah, our stories of moving far away and basically starting new life definitely don't resemble what you see in Hallmark movies. It's a lot to handle and get used to, but I think the risk is definitely worth the reward moving forward
1: and
0: I definitely think you can see that in all three of our stories. Let's get started with Sarah and her story called An Internship into the Unknown.
1: As a kid, I never went to summer camp. Personally, I had no interest in sleeping in a muggy bunk room next to kids I didn't know, just to wake up in the morning and play games with kids I didn't know, and then finish the day by eating dinner with kids I didn't know. Call me crazy, but it wasn't my idea of fun. It wasn't a hatred for horseback riding or archery or whatever it is they do at camp, just a slight dislike for the unknown. I liked summer sleeping in the bedroom I shared with my sister, racing my siblings on our bikes, and eating whatever chicken dish my mom felt like making in the evening. To me, that sounded like the perfect summer. Now I'm a college student, and my summers are a little different. Instead of finding wizard staff-shaped sticks in the woods or rewatching high school musical on loop, My summers are dedicated to internships and get-rich-quick schemes, aka going back to my high school job where I can get as many hours as I want. But no matter how much my summer agenda changes, I still find myself scared of the unknown. So this next part of my story might make absolutely no sense. This summer, I decided to intern in Florida on a farm, a tropical farm, in the sweaty armpit-like heat of the Floridian summer. It was a writing internship, and the farm was a nonprofit and I would be preparing content for their publication and newsletters. But my boss also informed me that I might have to do a little farm work on the side to keep things running. For context, I'm a communication studies and journalism major. Farm work isn't really covered in the curriculum for either of these majors. When I applied for the role, I knew I cared about writing for a nonprofit, and I also knew I cared about fulfilling the internship requirement for graduation, but that's besides the point. I wanted this internship, and I was terrified of a summer away from home. So I ignored the fear and accepted the position, figuring I'd cross that bridge when I got to it. Well, the bridge came in a couple short months, and I was not feeling prepared. But I packed my suitcase with everything I thought I might need. Work clothes, a swimsuit, a harmonica. It wasn't until after I had zipped the suitcase up, weighed it by holding it as I stood on a bathroom scale, and placed it by the front door, I realized, oh shoot, I am really leaving to go to a farm across the country where I know nobody and will have no car. These fears only reaffirmed my decision to bring the harmonica. If things got really scary, I could at least play the instrument in a sad way like the prisoners do in the movies. So I went to bed early that night, though I quickly realized it didn't matter. I wouldn't be getting any sleep and my alarm blurred pointlessly at 2.30 a.m. And I put my contacts in and brushed my teeth, drove to the airport with my parents, said a hyper sentimental goodbye to them, went through security and arrived at my gate all in a sleepy haze. Lucky for me, I was able to sleep for most of my flight, which means I slept through any nervousness or negative emotion that might have occurred. My boss picked me up at the airport, and the air outside was muggier than I've ever felt. If you closed your eyes and focused really hard, there was enough moisture in the air to feel like you were drowning. But as I looked around at the palm trees and the strip malls, some of that discomfort and fear of the unknown disappeared. I was just in a different place. It wasn't scary, just different. In a good way, I wasn't sure yet, but it was definitely different. My boss and I stopped at Trader Joe's to get some groceries for my first week there. For me, it was all things cheap—tuna, pasta, and bananas—before driving onto the farm. Avocado trees, mango trees, and tiny lizards were everywhere. Definitely different. But it was starting to feel like it was a good different. I unpacked my belongings into a Thailand-themed house on the farm and met a farm apprentice who I'd be living with. She was a vegan skater who didn't even wear shoes, and she got half of her daily calorie intake from peanut butter. Good different, for sure. Over the summer, I got food poisoning twice, fulfilled my internship requirement, planted a plot of cow peas, got mercury poisoning once, went to every good beach in a two-hour radius of North Fort Myers, got used to the humidity somewhat, uh, proved I can survive on my own, sang fluid mac with a 60-year-old woman at karaoke, and somewhat conquered my fear of the unknown. But don't ask me to go to summer camp ever. I still will not do that.
0: Wow. Looking back, Sarah, do you miss any parts of that internship? Like the Thailand-themed house or the vegan skating peanut butter fanatic with no shoes? Or is this just something that you walked away from thinking, okay, I can say that I did that, but I will not be doing it again?
1: Yeah, um, I loved my roommate so much. We had such a fun summer. Um, Shout out, Anna Grace. Uh, I don't know what she's doing now, but she's not on the farm anymore. She's just off doing her next thing. Um, and I don't miss Florida. Uh, I don't think I'd ever move to Florida. It is way too hot. But I definitely, after that experience want I just travel and do some other things that are kind of the unknown, yeah.
2: Um, so Sarah, is going out of your comfort zones like this something that you do often?
1: Not habitually. Um, I'm still kind of, I like being in my comfort zone, but I'm pushing myself more after this experience. Like this weekend, I'm just gonna drive up to Canada and sleep on like an old friend's floor because I found out he lives there now. Just for funsies. And then um, in January, I'll be going to India, which would be super out of my comfort zone.
0: Wow, India. Is that for study abroad this
1: year? Yes, it is for study abroad for (laughs) journalism. Yeah, best of luck with that. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go to the next story, which is with Aiden and his story is called Sprinting into the Unknown.
2: I've always been a big family guy, and I prioritize time with my family and close friends because they're the people that I care about the most. So as I grew up and started to think about college, the idea scared me, leaving everything I know behind and just basically forming a new life without the people that have been in my life for 18 years. So the summer of my junior year, I started receiving offers to play baseball around the country, and as happy as it made me, the realization began to set in that I would need to take a leap of faith and go out of my comfort zone. Um, Throughout my last two years of high school, I went on a lot of college visits that were in states that included Nebraska, California, Texas, Arizona, and Minnesota. On these visits, I always took my mom with me because I thought that it was an important factor in my college decision, that my mom likes the school and feels that I'm going to be safe and like the school. I liked all the schools that I had gone to, but something about Nebraska-Westland had me hooked, and I was convinced that this is where I was going to go. It was perfect, a Christian school with a good baseball team, and most importantly, it was the closest school to my house, that i received an offer from i forced myself to like that school the most even though there were better schools for me just because it was cl- closest to the one to my house on november 22nd 2021 i had talked to my family and told them i wanted to commit to nebraska Wesleyan, even though i knew in my heart that it wasn't the school for me i would pray and pray that i was making the right decision but when i woke up the next day i received a text from coach robbie at bethel saying that he was interested in me i immediately looked up where the school was and saw that it was in minnesota I went downstairs and told my parents about the text and immediately they booked a flight to Minnesota even though I told them that it was far away. My mom and I flew out to the school and I had never seen my mom smile like that when she stepped on campus. She knew that it was the school for me and did anything she could to push me away from Nebraska-Westland. When I got home, I knew that I had to make the decision and decided that I would be attending Bethel University and for some reason it didn't even stress me out. It made me feel home. A week later, I found out that my best friend since I was three was committing here for basketball, and I was ecstatic. I was able to have a piece of home here across the country with me. Of course, I was nervous, but I knew that God was putting me in the spot that I would exceed at and the place that I would grow closer to Him while still playing baseball and receiving a good education. To this day, I know that I had made the right decision and am forever grateful to take this leap of faith.
1: Thank you for sharing. I'm glad we're all at Bethel right now. Yay. Um, So I just want to know, has your mom been able to visit Bethel since you made your decision? It seems like she liked it a lot.
2: So since my arrival at Bethel in August of 2022, my mom's come and visited the school three times. She is very busy with work, but she still likes to find time to come and visit. But she really likes coming and dropping me off in the summer because she really likes going to Minnesota State Fair. We've been both years now. It's super fun. So she loves going there.
0: I bet that is fun. I haven't been yet. It's definitely one of my bucket list things. Oh, it's so fun. You need to go. I'm so excited. Um, Well, Aiden, besides your family and friends, what's one of the biggest things that you thought you would miss in Colorado but actually don't?
2: Okay, so surprisingly, something that I was sure I would miss in Colorado is my bed. It's super mm-hmm. comfortable, but I came to find out that I actually think the mattress pad that I bought is more comfortable than my bed, so I don't miss that, but... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> on the other hand, something that I didn't think I would miss, but I really do miss, is the mountains in Colorado. I kind of took those for granted. Yeah. You just don't see those every it day. It's so flat
1: here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way
2: different, but... Um, so, now we'll move on to Katie's story in her, uh, called Mother to Mother.
0: When you're in high school, some people make it look like finishing high school, graduating was your main goal, getting to walk across that stage in that flowy gown and awkward cap, like while a bunch of 16 year olds butcher pomp and circumstance on loop for five hours straight. Great time. However, you've learned that if you want to do anything after high school, figuring that out takes top priority before you finish. Some kids were lucky enough to find their next step as early as junior year. Others spend the first half of 12th grade applying and reading more and more, thank you for your application, insert name here. I was not one of those lucky students. I mean, I wanted to go to college and all, but I had no idea of where. I looked at schools here and there, applied to the ones my folks wanted me to, but nothing really stood out to me. In December of my senior year, one of my dearest friends asked me where I was going, and I said, frankly, I don't know yet. He responded with, I think you should check out this one school, Bethel University. It's in Minnesota, right outside St. Paul. They've got a pretty good music program from what I've heard. I'm a music major. Um, and I met the choir director. You'd love her. It's where I think I'm going to go, but I really think you'd like it. And Hearing this, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. One more application wouldn't hurt. What's the worst that could happen? So I applied cheerily on a whim, and about two-ish weeks later, after waking up from a great after-church nap, I woke up to a voicemail saying, congratulations, and I thought, oh, whoopee. <laughs> well, months go by, more acceptance letters, more schools that make me think, yeah, okay, sure. Every time my parents wanted to talk about where I was going, for some reason, Bethel always came up. And they would always shut it down. No, it's too far. I'm from Missouri, for context. It's a solid eight to ten hour drive, depending on how many pit stops you make. It's too far, they say, and you don't have a car. No, the Twin Cities aren't safe. No, we don't have any connections up there. The school is too expensive, and you're not even that serious about it, so why do you keep bringing it up? It became routine, even when one of Bethel's music faculty, Dr. Maren Guy Skill, the director of Bethel's choral activities, reached out and kept reaching out. It turned into a game of, hey, what can we do to get you here? I want you in my studio. From her to, mom, they won't leave me alone. They're trying to give me scholarships. What do I do? From me to, okay, if they're going to be relentless, then see what you can get out of them from my mother. Great time, really. Lots of circles, lots of circles. Well, fast forward to May. It's literally the, the na- last night to make decisions. i um, not going to lie. My family is pretty good at making last minute, well, anything, and this is no different. Sitting in the living room with my parents and my mother starts talking on the phone with Dr. Gill that had been practically writing my tale this entire semester. Uh, Negotiating, asking questions about St. Paul, about scholarships, about the Christian environment, about the music department as a whole. It was a very mother-to-mother conversation, all the while being told, yes, she'll be safe up here. Yes, she'll be successful up here. And after about 45 minutes, my mom ends the call and goes, all right, I guess you're going to Bethel. And I guess you could say the rest is history. I'm still here. Yay. It feels like I've been on the scare floor from Monsters, Inc. with how many doors have been opened, if you get what I mean. All this to say, God definitely has plans. And if you wait, he'll show you. He'll stack the dominoes for you to push so that they fall into the exact spot that he wants them
1: to. Thank you for sharing. That is not the average college application experience I would say not so from what I've heard Those yeah movies don't say that either <laughs> Yeah, definitely not for me uh, how does it feel to have like a school just like chasing after you like that
0: I'm gonna be honest it felt really good I applied to quite a few other schools my parents made me apply to at least five in-state schools they really did not want me going too far um, and I applied to maybe two other out-of-state schools other than Bethel as well um, Bethel University, Dr. Geisgill specifically, was easily the most persistent by a long shot. And since coming here, I've had nothing but blessings and successes. I, I got to travel to Italy with my choir and do masterclasses there. I played the leading lady in an opera this last winter, and I got to do competitions on the national level. And this past May even, I got to perform a solo with a full orchestra behind me. It really has just been such an amazing experience from the beginning.
2: Um, So how did it it feel to hear your mom say that you were going to Bethel? Were you nervous to be so far from home?
0: Uh, I was a little scared that my parents were not going to be as on board with it as I was, but then we actually got to go to Minnesota for Memorial Day weekend, and we got to meet Dr. Gill, and I got to have my first official tour of the school. Um, My parents, my three younger siblings, and my Nana, who was my vocal teacher for seven years before college, all got to meet her and see my future alma mater. The entire time, my parents were so happy and they loved every minute of it. They asked questions, they, they got a face-to-face conversation with my new teacher. And I was a little nervous at first to be so far from home, but then I got pretty wrapped up in school that I was able to keep myself occupied. It was nice to be able to focus on paving my own path. And so that's what I did for the first year. And now I, I'm here. I love it here, every minute of it.
2: Glad to hear it.
0: So, what have we learned today?
2: Um, personally, I learned a lot from both of your stories. I learned that regardless of how nervous or reluctant you are to make big decisions in life, God always has your best interest in mind. He's going to guide you in your life for the best. In all of our stories, you can see how we were nervous to be far from home, but now we realize why we were pushed this way, and we're all happy with our choices.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I also learned just how much say our moms have in our decisions. Yeah. Despite us all being legal adults, it feels like moms still have that pull with us. And I just want to thank... All the moms out there if they're listening today. Love you mama. Um, and also just all of us were really nervous to make these decisions and like we're doubting our own abilities but looking back I don't think things could have turned out any other way and looking forward I think we should all be more confident in our decision making skills. No kidding.
0: I just love hearing all of the ways that people acknowledge the fact that God has a plan for them but then right after, they're like, but I definitely did not see that one coming. <laughs> Stories like that are just prime examples that you can't fit God's plans into one of your boxes. And believe me, I'm just as guilty of this as anybody.
1: <laughs> definitely. We've all gone on a journey over the course of this podcast, learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Belty University in St. Paul, Minnesota.
2: Yeah, so thanks to Professor Chris Schaffner and his teaching assistants for maintaining the podcast studio and giving us access to it.
0: And thanks to the writers, such as Anne Lamott and David Sedaris, who inspired our stories. And we should thank each other as well for our edits. Great job, guys. Yep, (laughs) so true.
2: And lastly, go tell your mom, nail lady, barber, local deli shop manager, and your Starbucks barista about Modern Story and our podcast.
0: Thanks for listening. It's
1: been a great run, you guys.